Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Star Wars Legends Lounge, the show that celebrates the books from Star Wars Legends. I'm Aaron Motes. Today, I have the fourth and final primer episode for the New Jedi Order series. It's the story of the youngest solo child, Anakin, and his friend Tahiri Vela from the Junior Jedi Knights books. And they cover Anakin's first few months at Luke's Jedi Academy on Yavin 4. Anakin and Tahiri's story covers two arcs over six young reader books, written by Nancy Richardson and Rebecca Moesta, published from 1995 to 1997. Everybody ready? Let's go! Eleven-year-old Anakin Solo arrives at Luke's Jedi Academy in the Golden Globe. There, he meets nine-year-old Tahiri Vela, a bubbly, precocious, talkative girl from Tatooine who refuses to wear shoes. Tahiri tells Anakin that she has a recurring nightmare where she's traveling in a raft down the river outside of the Jedi Temple, but she falls into the water and starts to drown. That night, Anakin has the same dream, and he hears a voice telling him where to find a raft tied up in the jungle. One afternoon, Anakin, Tahiri, and R2-D2 sneak off and find the raft. They start down the river when a storm hits, knocking Tahiri overboard. But Anakin is able to save her with a little help from R2. Then, Anakin hears the voice again, telling the trio to put to shore near the Woolamander Temple. They explore the temple and find a room with a huge golden crystal globe and ancient writing on the wall. Through the Force, they can feel someone trapped in the globe, but they're unable to help. As they turn to leave, they find a small, fluffy white animal. His name is Ikrit. He tells Anakin that he's an ancient Jedi Master, who has guarded the Golden Globe for 400 years, waiting for the person who can help those trapped inside. Book number two is Lyric's World. Anakin and Tahiri meet a melody at the Jedi Academy named Lyric, who must soon return to her homeworld of Yavin 8 to undergo her changing. Lyric explains that young melodies are very much like humans, but in their 20th year, they undergo a metamorphosis, losing their legs, growing gills, and a tail fin, and return to the cave pools on Yavin 8 for their adulthood. Lyric says the changing is a dangerous time, as the many predators of Yavin 8 hunt during the changing when the melodies are most vulnerable. Anakin and Tahiri accompany Lyric to Yavin 8 where they help the other melody children protect Lyric and the other adolescents undergoing the change. They meet a young Force-sensitive melody named Sana, who tells Anakin and Tahiri that an elder named Aragon can help translate the ancient writing they found in the Woolamander Temple. Aragon says the symbols are ancient Masasi, and they talk about an evil force user named Exar Kun, who trapped the spirits of the Masasi children in the Golden Globe. According to the writing, only children who are strong in the force can defeat the curse and save the Masasi children trapped inside. The story concludes in the third book of the series, Promises. Tahiri must return to Tatooine. Before training on Yavin 4, Tahiri was raised by Tusken Raiders. When Jedi Master Tion Solasar discovered Tahiri, she made a deal with the leader of Tahiri's tribe, a warrior named Slyvan. 
that Tahiri would return to Tatooine within her first year to decide whether she wanted to return to the Tuscans or commit to becoming a Jedi. And that time has come. Anakin and Tion accompany Tahiri to her Tuscan camp, and Sliven reveals Tahiri's family history. Her parents found Sliven wounded in the desert and nursed him back to health, but they were killed when members of Sliven's tribe came looking for him. Feeling guilty, Sliven took then three-year-old Tahiri to raise as his daughter. Now Tahiri must face the test. She will be taken out into the Dune Sea and left alone without food or water. If she makes it back to camp, Tahiri will be free to choose her own path. If she doesn't, she'll die of exposure in the desert, and Sliven will be executed. But Anakin won't let Tahiri take the test alone, and the two are left stranded in the middle of the Dune Sea. The two junior Jedi Knights aren't completely destitute, because they have the Force. Over the next four days, they trek through the desert, avoid a Sarlacc, help some Jawas fix their sandcrawler, and outsmart a crate dragon. Together, they return to the Tuscan camp, where Tahiri thanks Sliven for raising her, but chooses to become a Jedi. When the two return to Yavin 4, they're bolstered by their adventure and head to the Woolamander Temple. They use the Force together, free the spirits of the children trapped in the Golden Globe, giving them peace. The second story arc in the Junior Jedi Knights series involves Anakin's destiny and it starts in Book 4, Anakin's Quest. Anakin is burdened with self-doubt. He's afraid that if he becomes a Jedi, he might make the same bad choices as his grandfather, the man who would become Darth Vader. He asks his uncle Luke for advice, and Luke tells Anakin about facing his fears in the cave on Dagobah. That's it, Anakin says. That's where I need to go. Luke asks the Academy's cargo pilot, Peckham, to take Anakin and Tahiri to Dagobah to see the cave. As they get ready to go, Peckham discovers a stowaway, a teenage boy named Oldir Lockett from Coruscant. The boy says he ran away to become a Jedi. Luke tests Oldir, but the teen is not strong in the Force. However, Luke gives him permission to stay for three months. He says if Oldir can show improvement by then, he may stay and be trained as a Jedi. Master Ikrit accompanies Anakin, Tahiri, and Oldir to Dagobah, where they find the cave. Oldir goes in first, but finds nothing inside. Tahiri goes second, and sees a vision of her parents, and an old man she believes to be her grandfather as a Jedi Knight. Finally, it's Anakin's turn. The boy sees a vision of himself in two parts, one light and one shrouded in darkness. When the three youngsters tell Ikrit about their visions, the Jedi Master says their destinies aren't written, that they can choose what kind of person they will become. The group returns to Yavin 4, where Anakin and Tahiri tell Oldir they'll do everything they can to help the teenager to become a Jedi Knight. The fifth book is Vader's Castle. Master Tion arrives on Yavin 4 and tells Luke that she's got information saying Obi-Wan Kenobi's lightsaber is being kept in Darth Vader's castle on the planet Vune. Luke can't go to Vune with Tion, but he allows Anakin, Tahiri, Oldir, Master Ikrit, and R2-D2 to go instead. When the group arrives on the planet, they split up to search the castle. There, they encounter many holographic traps, 
But eventually, Anakin uses the Force to find a small room, and inside, they find Kenobi's lightsaber. Suddenly, they're surprised by the mighty Orlok, Mage of Existation, who opens a trap door, grabs the lightsaber, and vanishes in a puff of smoke. The children split up and chase after Orlok. Oldir finds him in the hangar bay, but the mage tempts Oldir, telling the boy he can teach Oldir greater magic than any Jedi Master. Before Oldir can answer, the rest of the group arrives and confronts Orlok. They take back Kenobi's blade, but the mage escapes in a shuttle. Before our heroes leave the castle, they explore the remaining rooms and find a holocron in Darth Vader's private chamber. They take it and Kenobi's lightsaber back to Yavin 4. The final book in the Junior Jedi Knights series is Kenobi's Blade. Master Tion opens the holocron and learns about an ancient Jedi library on Exus Station, the place that Orlok said he was from. Oldir asks Tion if he can use the holocron to learn more about how to become a Jedi, but Tion refuses and says it's up to Master Skywalker how best to train his students. Her answer angers Oldir, who doesn't feel like he's getting any better using the Force. That night, Oldir sneaks into Luke's office and takes the holocron and Kenobi's lightsaber. Then, Oldir steals a ship and heads to Exus Station to ask Orlok if he will train him to become a great Jedi. The next day, Tahiri discovers Oldir is missing and tells Master Tion, who uncovers the theft. The group heads to Exus Station to stop Oldir. There, they find Orlok teaching the boy how to control lightning and thunder. But Anakin realizes Oldir isn't using any magic whatsoever. Whenever Oldir calls down the weather, Orlok touches a button on his robe. Orlok is a fake. His magic is just an illusion. Our heroes confront Orlok, exposing the mage. But Orlok is still dangerous. He shocks Tion with an electric bolt and orders an assassin droid to attack our heroes. Oldir finally realizes that Orlok has tricked him and jumps in to protect Anakin and Tahiri. Oldir covers the droid's sensors, allowing Anakin and Tahiri to use the Force to smash the droid against a wall. During the fight, Orlok disappears, but he leaves the holocron and Kenobi's lightsaber for Anakin and Tahiri to retrieve. The story ends a week later. Oldir realizes he'll never become a Jedi, and decides to follow his parents and become a pilot. As he prepares to leave, Luke tells Oldir that while he may not be able to use the Force, his actions on Existation show he learned a little bit about it. Thanks for listening to this fourth and final mini-episode of the Star Wars Legends Lounge as we get you primed for the new Jedi Order series beginning on April 14th. Join me and my co-host, Kat, as we talk about the first book in the series, Vector Prime by R.A. Salvatore. If you'd like to contact the Star Wars Legends Lounge, you can email me at swlegendslounge at gmail.com or send me a tweet at legendslounge1. Until next time, I'm Aaron Motes. May the Force be with you. And remember, there's always a bit of truth in Legends. <laughs>